Hear me now, O thou bleak and unbearable world, thou art base and debauched as can be. Now a podcast with its banners all bravely unfurled Hurls down its gauntlet to thee I am my Dan Quixote, the Lord of La Mancha And welcome to Paragon Marathon Sorry for your ears <laughs> I was not ready for that in any capacity Jesus Christ If it sounds bad, I will do a regular one Bad. It sounded amazing. <laughs> I hope that's the last thing I hear before I die. Like I hope you're, <laughs> you're singing that in the I car. I will break this. Yeah. As we drive off that cliff, like the witch told me. But like, I, I really Dude. hope it's. Uh, that that was stunning. Like, how did you? How did you do that? I <laughs> have based my entire vocal persona off Brian Stokes Mitchell, who is <laughs> the greatest singer on Broadway. Wow. Yeah, get ready for that. And like, uh, Chelsea just now pointed out that like, Don Quixote is the Disney princess in this moment. He's like singing about a like wanting to be part of that world. Oh wow! Right, that role is hardly ever given to dudes. It's given to young Hercules in the animated feature. Yeah, but it's never given to a baritone, and I friggin' love it. Oh yeah, and they had to justify it by making him insane. And everyone's like, yeah, he's insane. <laughs> he's obviously crazy. Look at oh, him being so rad and fulfilled. Oh, this is how people view women in another perspective for me. I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are so many reasons to identify with Don Quixote. He is my favorite guy. Legendary, Dan. Legendary, <laughs> Legendary two minutes of podcasting. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm so glad. It, I hope it comes across that way and not cringy enough to kill me as soon as I hear it again. It can be both. <laughs> it can be both. You're right. And Don Quixote wouldn't care. That's the yeah, lesson I'm trying to take from it. <laughs> oh, shit. He's literally the embodiment of the embrace cringe. Yeah. Do not kill the part of you that is cringe. Kill the part of you that cringes. Kill the oh, world okay. that cringes until it is yours. <laughs> yeah. I love him. I'm changing my name. Yeah. I guess this is like a really long, like, LARP, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It is. It's a really good way to look at it. And definitely how I'm going to spend, yeah, the later years of my life. And uh, his noble squire, hi, I'm Sercho Panza, yes. and mm-hmm. I'll be here walking with your donkey and checking out what's, what's the deal. What's <laughs> <laughs> uh, but wow, uh, <laughs> I, this is the first time I can like kind of fit my name into Feels good, doesn't it? It's addictive, it's I must warn you. <laughs> I can't get used to it. Uh, oh my goodness. Uh, this, these are the only two characters I actually remember the names of, too. So, uh, here we go. No, you're in good company. The other most famous Sancho Panza, I'm going to say, was Wishbone from Wishbone. Oh. Mm, true. Wow. Why didn't I watch that for research? That would have been perfect. Oh, well. Yeah, uh, I'm going to make a note. It's like now the first thing I'm going to check off on any given topic. Is there a Wishbone <laughs> about this? Yeah, we should have a Wishbone corner. <laughs> and I'm Tom. Hoping that this episode won't be Dulcinea. <laughs> How dare you impugn my lady's fair name? <laughs> Defend yourself, coward! <laughs> yeah, that's really good. That's really good. It's good enough, you know? <laughs> it's good enough. Yeah. Have you guys heard him sing about Dulcinea? It will make you cry. <laughs> yeah, no. I listened to the first seven or eight songs, so yeah. I'm glad you're so excited about it, because I was like, oh, this... 
This is a lot like, of these is pretty bad, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not that the best musical song, I've listened to. Yeah, no. exactly. Exactly. Pick out the one. Yeah, it has some incredible songs to it, but I think as a show, it would be a little lacking. But I still, like, literally cried this morning listening to him dying in the finale. Oh, oh no. Yeah. It's Our beautiful. first spoiler on a 400-year-old novel. <laughs> yeah, dudes. And we're going to get into it. We're going to show everybody the like content and what are the big like takeaways from this novel. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Miguel de Cervantes, the author of what some call the like Western world's first and most important novel. And owner of one of the coolest names ever. Oh, my God. Yeah, Cervantes? Dude. Yeah. Are you right. kidding me with that? Famously one of the coolest Yow. fighting game characters ever. Right, and one yeah. of the only bad guy characters I've ever enjoyed being because he was mm. such a cool pirate. Because he's a cool pirate. <laughs> Sweet. He's got a gun. Wielder of Soul Edge, yeah. <laughs> and a gun. <laughs> That's why he's so good at that fighting game. What's more dangerous than Soul Edge, ancient blade of demons? Soul Edge and a gun. <laughs> Just in case. And he's like world conqueror for decades because he figured that out. I love it. Let's play Soul Calibur after this. Mm-hmm. Bring it back. Uh, Dan, can you confirm something for me? I've heard people say Don Quixote, and I've heard them say Don Quixote. Quick so, oh, And, and yeah, that sounds terrible. But dirty is it English correct? colonizers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listening to like the BBC's uh, reviews of it and like literary analysis, they're talking about Don Quixote. And I, I hate, hate that. Yeah. Is it that kind of thing where they don't want to pretend? It, and it's like, I think it's a courtesy when you're speaking another language and you try and put the accent on to say things correctly. That's but some people, again, today. find oh, yeah. it's cringe. So what what is it? I think part of it is just like the English attitude of like, it's whatever we say it is because English is the world. Yeah. How we say it. Yeah. That's and, so you know, Yeah, Exactly. Let them have People it. People don't fine. do it as much today, but like, no. yeah, okay, it's, it's just this like traditional thing. I don't think it's meant to be disrespectful, even by like academics okay. in England. It's just like their literary tradition. And so like then some English guy writes a poem that's dependent on you pronouncing it quick. So it's like, oh, man. Yeah, that's where you run into trouble. <laughs> oh, no. Really? That's the story? That's the Well, tea? just things like that, right? Language, mm. language be like that. It do. And also, I can imagine reading this book as like an English speaker with no like Spanish uh, understanding and being like, oh, Don Quixote. Okay, that makes sense to me. Like, I've done that with tons of words where like, right. I haven't heard it said. So it exactly. becomes something terrible. <laughs> and it's, you know, been translated so many times. This was a wildly popular book, like right after it was written. It, within mm. like five years, it was, and you know, in really? the 1600s, it had traveled through different countries and been translated a dozen of times, like... People love wow. some Cervantes. Yeah. But not until way later in his life. Oh. Like, he had a whole life of being a, like, wildly cool, swashbuckling adventurer, yeah. and then tax collector, and then, like, most celebrated author ever after he was 57. Mm. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. So, what year again was this published and released, that, that this was written? Uh, okay. 1605. Um, 1605, cool. yeah, and then... Uh, a lot of different translations come after that, and they all sort of have like their own genealogy. Like okay. I'm reading the John Rutherford edition, but the audiobook I listened oh. to was based off of Tobias Smollett's uh, translation, which I liked more generally. 
in just like word choice and the way they try to modernize it. But I digress. Now, let's see. Uh, September 29th. That seems too exact to guess the day specifically. But 1547 is the accepted date or year for the birth of Cervantes. And uh, he kicked it until 1616. He did pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Don Quixote then came out 1605, and then the part two, a full, like, ten years later, 1615. Okay, I love to see um, sequels that early on in human history. Yeah. Like, I guess the Bible technically had sequels, so, like, that was a while ago. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) We don't count that. (laughs) Yeah, let's not get into that yet. We've got some Quixote to discuss. Was this, like, an established uh, trope yet in uh, literature at the time? Like, I, I just can't picture. It seems well, so modern. Well, what a trope. Like, this entire, like, the, the uh, sequels, of sequels and, like, uh, a story carrying on. Like, a story like this, from what I've heard about Don Quixote, seems like a really modern, interesting character yeah. uh, exploration in a lot of ways. Like, it surprised me. I no, don't know. you are correct. It is surprisingly modern. And this comes from how it's a reaction to the books of chivalric romance. These were like a super popular genre that everyone could uh, or that appealed to everyone because it had like sick action and fantasy, like romance and political intrigue, like every level of uh, society enjoyed them doing it for sure. But then writing very pretty uh, prose poems about the doing of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's reflected in the writing. There's a bunch of times where everyone's looking at this, you know. Uh, on the surface, crazy man waving a lance <laughs> yeah. around, but then they like as soon as they get onto the subject of books of chivalry, everyone's like comparing notes of their favorite ones and gathering around for story time. It's so good. <laughs> uh, That's really cute, right? <laughs> and we'll get into like the fullness of the novel, but before we do that, I wanted to establish like what's the general information we have, like what is society's takeaway of Don Quixote. And the best way to do that is Dan's Quizote. <laughs> it's the quiz of Don Quixote. We're going to learn all about it before we start jumping into the plot. So are you ready, contestants? Fingers on the buzzers. We'll get yes. buzzers one day. And it's just a quick 10 question, if we need to even do all 10, uh, to establish where we're at. Calling my shot. Calling my shot. One sec. Calling my shot. I'm going to beat Sarah 10-0. <laughs> oh my god I'm gonna destroy you Out of spite now This is gonna be my Slumdog millionaire moment Some- <laughs> Shall we make this interesting Perhaps betting the next topic on Jesus it Jesus Christ Everyone has guesses Okay Consider the stakes What are you willing to put on the uh, line yeah. For love of Kyoto? Is my topic next If I do nothing Yeah Oh shit <laughs> I mean I have nothing I have to gain next, And everything me- to lose But I'll do it I'll do it Next movie club Next nice. movie Jesus. club. That's okay. better. I yeah. put, I'll put that Done. on the table. Done. Okay. All okay. right. One of you gets two movies in a row. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's begin with what everyone knows of with Don Quixote. How many windmills has Don Quixote contended it's with? Too hard. Uh, three. <laughs> Buzz. Three. Three. Final answer. Excellent. Yeah. And with Tom? I mean, my, I get to guess nine. Yeah. All right. Good guesses each, but the answer is none. He fought giants, not windmills, oh, you fools. No. Oh, oh, God. God. <laughs> oh, 
right? So it's this is like, through the eyes of Don Quixote. We're maybe. doing this quiz. All right, I have to get into Who's his character. Who's to say? Yeah. Right, I'm, I'm fucking We're going insane. to question the nature of reality like Cervantes does. His brilliance <laughs> in showing us the world primarily through Sancho and uh, Don Quixote, the sort of like straight man and what's the word for the funny guy? Is it curved man? Ew, what? By comparison. Is that- I don't is think that it actually is. what they call it? <laughs> no, he's probably just like funny guy. Wait, it's just wrong. Why is he like what? What can you be imagining? <laughs> I don't know. I'm imagining him standing straight, it. forward on, but like shaped like a C. And so like he goes out and then in. So I I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Well, then it. it's the I think Abbott and Costello a thing. Man. The thinnest man and the fattest guy stand next to each other. We're the number yeah. ten. That's these two. They're like a Mario and Luigi mm. for Perfect. like visual purposes. Mm. But Luigi is the like it, the roles are reversed in terms okay. of one being a scaredy cat and the other being a dauntless adventurer. Good point. But Mario is also point. more Good like point. down to earth, and Luigi's like a little Literally. bit of a weirdo. So it kind of works. And I would argue that Don Quixote is incredibly down to earth, but it's his earth that no one else can okay, see. Okay, okay. He is acting like very rational and like, well, I had to charge them and kill them. They insulted Dulcinea. Like, huh. this is very logical in his mind. The madness of Don Quixote is thoroughly examined. We should talk about it more in depth outside of the Hell quiz. Yeah. Okay. I'll put a note for later. Question two. Who is Don Quixote's lady love, and how did they meet? Buzz. Buzz. No, it's me. All right. It's Tom. Tom Tom gets it. It's Dulcinea, and they didn't. Ooh. Yeah. And Sarah, do you confirm or deny? I confirm. All right, I'm going to give points to both of you. No. Yeah. Because the lady is Dulcinea del Toboso, the most beautiful enchanting lady ever. And you find out it's based on, like, a peasant girl that Don Quixote has even, like, just seen maybe From four times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. Question three. What does the famous balsam de fierbras do? Buzz. Balsam in this is like a potion, just to move it along a little. Sarah, you have but- buzzed. Is it a love potion? Uh, that's a good Ooh. guess. And Tom, what do you think? Wiener potion. Nice. Ooh. You know, Tom's <laughs> technically closer. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is a formula for an elixir that Don Quixote is like, yeah, I know how to make this. It's super easy. Don't worry about it. Drinking this will cure any wounds a knight has received. And this is at a time when Sancho is sort of losing faith and being like, hey, we've done some adventures. Will you uh, give me my promised reward of governing an island yet? And Don Quixote <laughs> says, no, and don't worry about it. You're shortchanging yourself. I might even end up winning like a whole kingdom eventually. And uh, I already know how to make this elixir. That's super. And uh, yeah, Sancho's like, man, I could make millions off of the elixir. How do I do it? And it's, you know, just made with a bunch of grass and roots and crap that Don Quixote finds. Nice. Yeah, and they drink it to alleviate their injuries, and it makes them uh, erupt from both ends with just <laughs> insane vigor and force. They ruin yeah. the mats they're sleeping on. Dude, yeah. I don't think that's a boner potion. I don't think you're reading that yeah. accurately. Like, does it? No, but it's a bodily it function, and a dick waiter? is closer than the heart is. Yeah. 
butts. To the butt zone was my <laughs> logic. This is how the grading system works. I okay. love the idea that erupting Challenge. from both ends is like shitting yourself <laughs> like crazy and coming super hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's get away from that. I mean, let's be more exists. practiced and chaste like Jesus our boy Christ. was. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. Question four. Where is the furthest, most fantastical place Don Quixote and Sancho discover in their travels? Hmm. Oh, I bet it's not that far. Right, <laughs> think about how you want to answer. <laughs> oh, man. Buzz? Yes. Is, is it that inn they go to? Uh, it, it Doesn't he go to an inn with like a bunch of prostitutes and he's like, night me? They like go to several inns. That one is like just a day away from does. his house. Yeah. I know, that's <laughs> why it's funny. possibly be the farthest he goes? Maybe that's, maybe You're that's part of the joke. the right track. <laughs> His whole travels do not go very far in actuality, and they revolve mm, around mm. a couple inns that just everyone important stops at at, you know, opportune <laughs> times. Oh, okay. Usually as a commentary on how, like, convenient and reality-defying the genre of chivalric romance is. Right. Oh, Whenever damn. something is extremely silly, it's Cervantes calling out these ridiculous books that everyone loves. Damn, Cervantes. True. Yeah, you went hard. True. Right. I just started going and explaining. Tom, did you have an answer? Uh, let's say heaven. Or like oh, Camelot. Or like... Uh, Quit with yeah. your head. It's literally heaven. Ah, yeah. uh, <laughs> right. And not in the like delivered through the gates of St. Peter, because it's a very religious night, our Don Quixote. But he gets on a magical wooden horse and flies to fucking space. Mm. Sweet. As far as he knows, it's just sort of one of those situations where there are people like fanning him while he's blindfolded. I mean, like, oh, you're flying so fast. Wow. (laughs) This quiz is not going my way so far. No. I got it. Tim's must turn. (laughs) All right. Question five. Who is the author of the history of the ingenious Hidalgo, Don Quixote de la Mancha? You seem reticent. Do you suspect perhaps a trick? Who narrates it? Yeah, who does? Wait. A ruse? Buzz? Thank you. Uh, is it Don Quixote? (laughs) No! Or or is it his alter ego, regular man? (laughs) Regular Quixote? (laughs) Normal Quixote, as he was known. (laughs) Incorrect. Thomas, your turn. What did Sarah say? I thought it was like him yeah, that's, that doing was it himself. Shit. It was like a self-published Don Quixote, yeah. I mean, that was, that was my guess. So then Cervantes. No, Cervantes is only translating the works of the prestigious sage, the Moor Seed Hamet Benengeli. Sweet. That's a fucking... <laughs> yeah, this is a sweet frame narrative thing. Right. Because a big theme in these books is uh, everyone being like, Hey, Don Quixote, you know that knights like this didn't exist and there aren't giants that you can fight. And he's like, foolish idiot. Didn't you even read the Bible? <laughs> <Foolish>. <laughs> giants all over Stupid. that sucker. Yeah. Dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> in my head, and it was partly because the narrator in the audiobook was British, like Don Quixote has become a Matt Berry figure to me. Oh, that's beautiful. That he is... Right, like he is uh, robust <laughs> and <laughs> like l- uh, lyrically talented mm-hmm. and like brave and cowardly all at once, but like with wow. justifications 
that he shouts That's and screams really at them. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to try and finance this movie, and then I looked up the like Terry Gilliam thing that was in like development yeah, yeah. hell for 30 years. I remember that. And people are like, wow, he's kind of like a Don Quixote figure chasing that impossible dream, huh? Wow. Right? So it's a trap. If you try to tell the story too hard, you become the story. Oh, no. Right? The curse. That's how I'm going Western that's good. It's the greatest line delivery in the history of all cinema and, and television. All right. Question five. That was five. five. Here comes six. What are the most fearsome monsters that Don Quixote vanquishes? Buzz. Yes. Giants? Giants. That's actually totally it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are yeah. <laughs> all sorts of beasts he encounters, but... Uh, as far as monsters, monsters go, <laughs> it is the giants that he defeats in his sleep. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Which Suck turns it. out he was, you know, just cutting up the hotel room he was in, oh bursting God. the wineskins all over the floor. Holy He's like, shit. oh, I cut their heads off so good they were bleeding everywhere. And I was like, yeah, Justin Hill will love this. I'm really upset because I was like, there's no way it's going to be giants because that's the windmill thing. And like, right? it, it turns what? out it's just different it giants. Is. Yeah, he didn't defeat those giants. They unseat him right. pretty hard. Right. <laughs> True. And smash his lance. Yeah. Fuck. Boom, baby. The, uh... I, yeah, now would be a good aside. The, like, two of the, like, the most dangerous encounter he actually has are with two literal lions. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, comes across a dude just like, oh, I'm, you know, beast tamer taking these lions to the king for whatever king needs lions for. Yeah. And Don Quixote is like, wizards? Yeah. They have put these beasts in front of me to challenge me. Open the gate of your cage. Let me fight these lions. And the guy's like, please, no. I don't want to watch you die and then die of lions <laughs> right <laughs> after. Don Quixote is yeah, <laughs> like, everyone run away. Uh, like, get to a safe distance, except for you. You open the cage. I'm going to fight these lions or I'm going to fight you. Here we go. And yeah, and he's like, well, yeah, I'm going to need you to sign this thing that says that I have no legal responsibility for you being eaten by these lions. And here we go. They had waivers back then? It was a very <laughs> smart thing to do. Wow. He's very accountable. And again, also reflects Cervantes. And like he was captured after a like a real pirate fight where he was like shot three times and still survived and yeah. like uh given accolades for his courage. Uh wow. like he survived that shit and like led escape attempts in prison with all these other Christian captives that like wrote about Cervantes being there too. Holy shit. But so, then he gets like, jailed because author... some guy said he counted less corn than he did. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's where they so get the you. Was actually super hard, like dude, super hardcore, hard. incredible. Yeah, it's real it's, hard. And it's great. His book is about people imagining this life. Like, I wonder if it was from conversations he had with like regular people of like all the things yeah. he did, and them being like, "Oh yeah, that's that sounds crazy, but like yeah, totally, I get it. I completely get it. Like, I feel you, man." And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like the time I did this. Then you know yeah. he. Had a really complicated view. Sorry, I wanted to say, I bet it makes uh, a lot of English, like, devoted, lifelong English literature professionals real sad that the guy who wrote, like, the greatest piece of literature of all time was, like, this absolute (laughs) giga chat and not, like, (laughs) like, a quiet nerd like them. 
like right? He like definitely didn't go to university. He was like raised by a poor barber surgeon and then just got really into reading. And then like it's conjecture if maybe he learned from some Jesuits. But uh, yeah, he totally beat us. Yeah. And again, like uh, so when he's captured after like leading a charge on a ship to another ship, uh, he and his brother are like being ransomed to let go uh, be let go and they only let his brother Rodalgo go because Don Quixote or sorry because Cervantes had all these like letters of recommendation and accolades uh given to him by like all of his superiors and they're like this must mean he's worth so much more money we're gonna keep him forever Aww. and ransom away his brother it's fine and he's like no I promise I'm just poor and awesome he's like he's but, like uh, a, a 17th century Hemingway, but not like super embarrassing and lame, say, where everyone's like, "God, dude. shut the fuck up, Hemingway!" Like, we get it. You're you're <laughs> yeah. so cool yeah. and strong. Like, yeah, keep cool. telling me how cool <laughs> and strong you are, please. Yeah, yeah. Hemingway's like polishing his gun in the corner, like, yeah. "I am the angel of death." And Cervantes uh, is like <laughs> killing people his whole life, and then just like LMAO, writes <laughs> 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 a book to dunk on yeah. nerds who love books. Yeah. <sighs> It's Sweet. beautiful. That's a uh, beautiful poetry, right? That's poetic and justice. We're gonna get into the madness of Quixote more, but uh, one of the cool things about it is everyone like has to stop and appreciate, like, God, this guy's like smart and intelligent and really articulate. Until you say something about a knight and he goes fucking batty because <laughs> he was reading <laughs> and he has this like, like really cool life, right? speech. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He has this like classical education and all these like wisdom of old famous arguments and schools of thought. God, this is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I interrupted your quizzy, though. I'm sorry, your quizote. No, it's good. That was number six. We're already more than halfway through. Here comes the next one. What piece of legendary gear that Don Quixote acquires is the most widely known or famous? Uh, Buzz. Yeah. It's his armor, right? Oh. uh, His helmet. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, we're going to let Tom interrupt with the steel, because more specific than his armor, it is the golden helm of Mambrino, the fabled and lost magical hat that he gets. It looks a lot like a barber's basin, and he stole it from a barber, but it's definitely this helmet to which everyone will testify. He wears a, he is Jarhead? It's a basin bowl, yeah. He's... (laughs) He's a real one. Like a brass you basin. told me that story earlier, and that's not what I meant. I was saying the helmet, like his <laughs> uh, his shitty one that he makes, and that he has to like tape like fake oh straps my God. to, and everyone's yeah. like, "Your helmet is so tragic." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I love it. It's true. Right before he sets out, he's like, "Okay, that's enough reading and like writing my own fanfic. I'm gonna go live this life." He makes a helmet and by makes it like has an old shitty battered one with his armor, but it doesn't have the front part in the, my translation, it was called the beaver, which is neat. And it's the flippy visor part. So he is like using pasteboard, which is just like cardboard, shitty stuff and ribbons. And he's like, nice. Let me test this out. And he hits it once and it explodes. And he's like, that took me a week and I am furious. Yeah, and like he can't take (laughs) it off without cutting the ribbons. So he like yeah, doesn't watch so it. he like spends another week making it and decides not to test it because he knows it's just gonna break. And he's like, "Good enough. Right. Here we go." And the first place he stops at, it's uh, like the prostitutes that he thinks are princesses. Mm-hmm. They have to like feed him with a straw because they can't like get the 
spoon through the wired shut thing he's wearing. And he's like, no, don't take it off. It's fine. I like it. That's amazing. So you're like, yeah, he spends his whole adventure sealed up in that, or at least his first Sally. But I digress. After question seven comes eight, traditionally. Oh, and this is what I was just talking about. Sorry. So Tom's correct? Does he get the point? Did I get, I will take the point. You did say helmet, and it is a helmet that is famous, so I'm going with it. Now, eight. How many adventures did Don Quixote have? And for bonus points, how long was his whole campaign? Keep in mind, this is like a thousand-page thing. There is two books combined into one. Yeah, and it lasts, because, like, he, it ends with him, like, getting really fucking beat up, right? A few times. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that happens a couple times. <laughs> so, I get hmm, I get buzz. Yes. Three years? Three years, interesting, interesting. And Tom, your guess? I don't know, uh, uh, 50 years. 50 <laughs> years. Points go to Sarah for being close, but still way too long. The whole thing took about three months tops. Probably oh like six to eight weeks. Yeah. Oh, three months? Yeah. Jesus. It's great. Okay. Like early on in the book, Sancho's like, man, I really hope I get my governorship soon. I've probably <laughs> been your servant for like 20 years. And Don Quixote's like, I, look, I know I'm supposed to be crazy, but it's been a week, my guy. <laughs> Just like hanging out. And then, uh, yeah, so book one ends with him needing about a month of recovery time after yeah. getting the shit beaten out of him for like the sixth time. Yeah. And then the last book is only another a couple weeks. Okay. Well, dang. Oh, <laughs> That's kind of comforting, though, because, like, it doesn't sound so good. So yeah. three years of that would be pretty bad. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. here we go. This one's more meta. What prompted the creation of part two of Don Quixote? Buzz. Let's hear it from Tom. Like the first one going off and doing numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A very successful thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Why not go back to the well? Sarah, what yeah. is your guess? Uh, I bet the queen liked it. <laughs> thing that could happen. Yeah, totally yeah. and probably She's true. Like, this is dope. Again. These are good guesses But points to none of you It was artistic spite Which is the reason all (laughs) art is created Uh, In between these books When he had probably just sort of started Like thinking about writing a number two Another asshole wrote uh, Like unlicensed sequel That like made fun of Cervantes a bunch For making a character that gets beat up so much And has a bunch of like Extra stories around the end that aren't even about Don Quixote. Oh my and god. Yeah, Cervantes was furious. Dumb, he, yeah, you have to show up the dumb dumb babies who yeah, are like, crafted, why'd you make a why don't you just make a god tier character like me who can do anything? That's <laughs> dope. Like yep. why would think he lose? a thought. Think a thought. <laughs> what is the story for? No, you exactly. Dumb, dumb? And Cervantes oh crafted part two of a masterpiece just to like Subtweet this idiot that doesn't know what he's doing. It's Get ratioed. Yeah, entirely. Uh, and like the premise in the second book is that now that people have read the first one, like characters in fiction are like, oh my God, you're Don Quixote. That rules. I love your stories. Are you Sancho? Wow, you're fatter than I thought you'd be. Sweet. <laughs> and uh, yeah. That's Let's sweet. Edit uh, that down. I. I get bothered by endings all the time, like when people made fun of the Mad Men ending or the Sopranos ending. 
It's like, think of, think a thought, think it through. <laughs> like it's about something. They wouldn't do that by accident. Right. The whole don't stop. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah. It, but it I made guess me like respect and think about the six feet under finale where it just shows how every character literally dies. Yeah. Wow. Like, yeah. That's and, final. But like, I guess back then, like did were stories like this, that, that sound this complex and like obviously making fun of what they, what people loved at the time. Like maybe that didn't read all the way through. <laughs> I think he's definitely commentating on like the populism of it. And mm-hmm. like Amadis de Gaulle is a story of a very famous Spanish knight that he references a lot and mm-hmm. is seen as the like progenitor of a lot of the genre. And it's about his like extra descendants and all the heroic stuff they did. And like, it's like Batman writers. They just like, yeah. they keep carrying on the same ideas, hardly changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like characters can get big enough. If they just live in the public consciousness and then become, Extremely potent tools. So, like, yeah. Good point. Good Go point. off, yeah. Don Quixote. Yeah. All right. And now the quiz comes to an end with question 10. Who are the two most famous knights with which Don Quixote contends with in glorious combat? Oh, shit. Right? Because he gets I mean, some legit adventures. Let's hear it. I mean, how about, how about Arthur and Lancelot? Ooh, I like that. That's Sarah, you have any thoughts? Uh, yeah, the, uh, uh, whoever Heath Ledger is in, uh, <laughs> Sir Ulrich that, von Lichtenstein. That's the one. Nice. <laughs> God, I, do I remember I got every no second of that movie Tom's in Night's right. I bet Tom's right. It's gotta be like a super famous one. Right? Neither are right. They okay. are the Knight of Mirrors and the Ooh. Knight of the White Moon. The first oh. loses to Don Quixote and leaves in disgrace. And the second unhorses him and says, you have to leave and give up being a knight for a whole oh, year. Right. No. And it turns out both of these knights were literally their neighbor, the bachelor Samson Carrasco, as in like he has an undergraduate degree. And uh, they're all just very worried about their kindly neighbor and want him to come home because he keeps yeah. getting his ass beat. That's so sweet. Yeah. It's really n- <laughs> it's nice to see a community come together for your buddy. To, like, oh, help is. him out in a clear time of need. Because, like, they must just be amazed that he didn't die. Like, Oh, my God, yeah. He should be dead so many times. Like, <laughs> a lot of the guys oh he God. comes across are, like, shepherds. And all mm-hmm. shepherds have are slings to hit wolves away. So he takes a lot of rocks to the face. <laughs> which, you know, famously killed the giant. He's right. outlasting all these giant killing hits. He's really impressive. <laughs> Sweet. Actually, yeah, that's another fun bit. We've ended the quiz, so we'll do the points thing. But he is known mm-hmm. as, yeah. Actually, here you go. Bonus question. Not number 10 no. at all. What is Don Quixote's moniker? How is he known? His title. Giant Slayer. Pretty cool. It's like yeah. Don Quixote de la Mancha. Close. He actually um, gets a knightly accolade that I'm going to put on where he is the knight of the mournful countenance sweet. or the Ooh. sorrowful countenance yeah. or the sorry face. It really depends <laughs> on the translator you go with. Oh, my God. Sorry yeah. face, knight. Sad boy. That's right, pretty good. Like literally just an emoji painted on his shield. <laughs> but, yeah, wow. he gets this name because Sancho's like, wow, you look gaunt as hell after you've had some of your teeth knocked out. Oh. And he's like, well. Not all knights get to choose their nicknames. I'm going to embrace it. <laughs> Which he does until he conquers those lions. And he's like, now everyone must call me the Knight of the Lions. Because I'm so great. 
And they kind of give I mean, him that yeah. one because he really could have died. Did I explain how that one ended? He did, yeah. So did he actually fight lions? He like, opens up the cage and there's Don Quixote's sword ready, being like, come at me, lion. And the lion looks out and yawns and goes to sleep. <laughs> and eventually, and Don Quixote's like, go beat that lion until he comes out. And the like <laughs> poor scared beast guy is like, look, if this were a real fight and he was too scared to fight you, surely you would have won. <laughs> like, good night. Don Quixote. And he's like, all right, fine. I accept. Go tell your king how I would have killed these lions. And he's like, I surely will. Please leave me alone. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm. That worked out pretty well. Uh, yeah. Somehow didn't die. I really like that everyone that he encounters is also, I guess, reading uh, chivalric stories. So, They're, like, they know yeah. how to play the part. They're very genre aware. And like at first everyone's like, I don't think this guy's okay. But then he is like wielding a lance and a sword. So they're kind of like have to take him seriously (laughs) under threat of death. So yeah, yeah, maybe not the most admirable part or like that's where questioning the reality is interesting because he has like very flowery speech and assurances Mm -hmm. that he is a just knight. Whose invincible arm will conquer any evil and right any wrong. And like the first two people he fights in that inn are just like stable hands who are like, hey, who put all this armor in the troughs where we we're going to water our horses? I'll throw this armor down. And yeah. Kirote is like, villains and knaves! And breaks their goddamn heads. Jesus like, Christ. You say breaks yeah. their heads. One dude gets his skull firmly cracked and it does not specify, but I choose to see that as a fatal wound at this point yeah. in time. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Gotta keep the goo in and there. And the innkeeper's like, "Look, don't do it. Don't kill him because he's crazy, and no court in the world would convict him. We just gotta get him out of here." <laughs> oh damn! It's a very shrewd world. Yeah, yeah, he's not. I keep forgetting he's not just like cute imagination man. He's like literally mad. He's like he's a, a criminal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Uh, we can get into some of his more heinous crimes. Um, and like I've, you know, summarized all the chapters, but there are so many chapters yeah. and going through it all would take at least two parts of a thing. Look, man, tell the people what they really want to know. Who won the quiz? Oh, shit. It was me, I think right? Tom, but yeah, it was me, I'm right? a little salty about it. Let me cause... consult the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. A lot of beeps and buzzes on my quiz computer here. Uh-huh. And I had pretty much forgotten. I think it was Tom, though. I think we none of us can okay, remember fine. the score, but we all feel like it should be Tom. <laughs> I feel like you use that uh, a lot in childhood, and maybe it's my time to call challenge, challenge. to that. Let's see. Yeah, no, we'll go through it real quick. We can edit I this think out. I got it's like two. Hear me now, the bleak and unbearable world. Now I'm base and debauched as can be. And the knight with his banners all bravely unfurled Now hurls down his gauntlet to thee I am I, Don Quixote, the Lord of La Mancha My destiny calls and I go And the wild winds of fortune will carry me onward To glory I go 
but Tom. by just the barest fractions, we have to give it to Tom. Yeah, we've consulted. Congratulations. We've consulted. We've gone over the record, and the mm-hmm. winner of the tiebreaker is me. Fine. Well, you're all missing out on my next movie club, which would have been the entire Mighty Ducks series. So <laughs> I hope you're happy. Tom, might I suggest several Don Quixote movies I've learned about in my studies. I'll send you a list. It's fine. We're going to do World of Warcraft, and then with my back-to-back, we're going to do a second viewing of the World of Warcraft movie. (laughs) Final Fantasy VIII. Excellent. That's not a movie. That's a video game. No, that's the game. You're talking about Spirits Within. Yeah. Uh, Spirits Within, sorry. Spirits Within. That's actually a good choice. (laughs) No, I don't have to take two in a row. I'll just, like, steal your spot, and I'll go next, and then you can go after. Fine. 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 Congratulations. Bless. Uh, Magnanimous in defeat. Well done. I think Don Quixote is not. It leads him to a melancholy that brings about the end of his life when he finally loses in his second (laughs) big joust. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, When I was, like, I've heard the name thrown around a lot, like Don Quixote. And I always assumed it was like a rad dude because people didn't ever really go into detail when they talked about it. I guess I just wasn't in the right circles. So I'm a little embarrassed and I'm, I'm trying to look back on my life whenever <laughs> I brought it up loosely. And if I ever framed it as something to be taken seriously. or like <laughs> Well, that's the thing is like the most longest surviving legacy of this book is the word quixotic. And mm-hmm. the phrase tilting at windmills, yeah. right? Which is like chapter four, or I think six, but like very, very early into this whole deal. That's definitely literally the only thing I could have told you about Don Quixote before we started thinking about it at all. Right. Oh, exactly. And there are all these like hilarious conservative political cartoons that seem to think Don Quixote was just like a sweet badass that kicked a lot of Mills' ass. Yeah, yeah. right. The, the misuse like- of the expression, like it's a cool guy thing. I'm not a sad guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious how many ways it folds in on itself. Because, like, his name is dope. And I know that's the point. Like, Don Quixote. Like, Oh, and we didn't talk about that either. Like, looking for the etymology of it is quite tricky. But because uh, everything is just, like, quixotic. That's where it comes from. From this Ugh. guy. Everything, like, it has sort of overwritten everything before that. But hmm. there are references to Quixote or like a Catilian Spanish deriv- uh, derivation of it being about the armor around your butt and thighs. So he's like Sir <laughs> Butt of La Mancha. He's, he's, all, he's all jokes. He's great. Sir Butt? How did we not choose? I know, oh right? My it, God. Like everything I learn about him makes him more perfect for my brand. I love it. Sir, Sir Butt. Right? <laughs> His horse is, uh, you know, the spindly old yeah. wretched creature that he calls Rosedante, which mm-hmm. means like previously nag, <laughs> like just a shitty old horse word. But now he's glorious. And there's like poems he's written from the horses of famous knights to Rosinante being like, wow, what was it like having Don Quixote as your knight? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. The horse comes in as a character, right? Like I know it has a couple of a little bit. In- yeah. Interactions. Right, um, like there's a point where it, uh, where, where Sonante gets kind of horse horny and <laughs> tries to make a move on some that's you right. know, random horses. And because of this, a bunch of shepherds beat up Rosinante and then Sancho uh, and no. Don Quixote. Oh, God. 
It's great. And like while they're like on the ground wounded, Don Quixote's like, you know why we lost Sancho? <laughs> it's because I abandoned the principles of chivalry in attacking these like base, lowborn idiots. That wasn't fair. In the future, anytime we fight someone who's not a knight, you should feel free to kick their asses. <laughs> and Sancho is like, I'm dying. And I would never fight anyone if I could help it. It's great. Oh my god. Uh, so... I think I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, what did you want to speak on next, dear Daniel? Because that was an amazing quiz. I'm primed mm. and ready to learn even more. Uh, what shall we do? I don't know. We can keep going through it and like getting into the themes, I suppose. That would be mm-hmm. the coolest part. Mostly, I just want to reiterate like how enjoyable this is as a text. Like I was laughing constantly. It's even funny. through many layers of translation and centuries of like, you know, language Context. developing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, even like without all the footnotes, it still like flows pretty well. I was very impressed. Yeah. And it's also a commentary on like how Cervantes wanted the language to be equal parts, like really accessible, common. This is how regular people would have sounded at the time compared hmm. to Don Quixote, who was constantly using like the most purpley flowery language, like in his favorite books, there's a huge, uh, opening segment where it's like, and now like surely one day a great sage will take up a pen and describe this. My first Sally as the sun comes over and shines on the mellifluous birds singing. And he just like goes on for pages and pages and like all it accomplishes is like, and then Don Quixote left. That's the cool stuff about this from my limited understanding. I have not read this text, but I've learned a little bit about it. And I have I was supposed to read at least part of it in university, and I didn't. And uh, I did myself a disservice. But anyway, like, people often say that the first modern novel is, um, well, like, modern yeah. novel is uh, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, but, like... Sure. In that they mean like strictly modern, like completely identical in form to fiction getting published today in a lot of ways. And like there's a case for this one right. doing that too, uh, which is amazing because it's like 400 years ago. Totally. And it, it like goes full like Dan Harmon meta in terms of like reflecting on the reality of the story and the person reading it. I think that's part of where it it uh, feels less like a modern, just like straight up story of fiction is that it is like, uh, besides being like this autobiographical commentary in some ways, it's like also a commentary on history yeah. and of literature and people's relationship with classical literature when he's alive. Like, and the, as you said, that mm-hmm. conversation with like the present. And so since yeah. it's doing all of these like, amazing things while being really readable and enjoyable to a hugely wide and newly literate audience. Um, like it is still effortless and fun to read, but because it's doing those things, maybe that's why people don't classify it as like modern fiction, which is like a little more humble in its storytelling goals hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Cause it's sort of like, it's still kind of an Epic as well. Right. Like in yeah. its form and goal and scale. It, yeah, I feel like the first real novel accolade that a lot of people give to it, I think, is, uh, I want to say spurious. I feel like uh, I only read like the first eight chapters, but I was totally surprised at how fast moving it was. And as you said, like funny and the writing was like playful and pretty easy to work with. So, yeah, 
totally. Like, I don't want to just list everything that happens, but I do want to, like, talk about what was funny and everything that had happened. Like, mm-hmm. his first problem when he, like, has ridden all day on his first trip, he's like, wow, I was really hoping more adventures would just happen to me. He comes across <laughs> the inn, and he's like, it is a castle, huzzah! And it occurs to him while he's in there, you know, like we said, getting spoon-fed through his ribbon-tied cardboard helmet. And they're like, oh my gosh, I've never been knighted. This isn't, like, a legit legal knight quest yet. I have to get knighted. So, like, lord of this castle, please, I ask a boon. Grant me my knighthood, and you shall, like, bring forth the most glorious, chivalrous knight that the world has ever seen. Wow. And the Castilian is like, well, I'm an innkeeper. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, the sacred chapel where we would do this is uh, under renovation, so I'll just do it right here. <laughs> you are a knight if you can stand guard for an hour. That's when he breaks Damn. all the skulls of the guys that are, like, just coming up to see his, like, hey, who's this dude? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then when the ca- the innkeeper is like, I, this guy doesn't even have money to pay me, he, oh. like, schools him on it. He's like, look, I'm sure all these authors were just, you know, cut short for time how, like, knights errant actually eat, sleep, and poop, and have extra shirts and money and maybe some bandages with them. And Don Quixote is like, all right, advice taken. I'll go home and resettle. <laughs> oh, like, my gosh. Yeah. And he doesn't even have Sancho on his first adventure, so he's right. really just flying by the seat of his saddle here. He, uh, yeah, like, right after that, it's another little episode that just shows his, like, uh, optimistic worldview, we'll say. And, like, assuming everyone is living into, like, his chivalric ideals. Uh, it doesn't turn out for everyone else all the time. He mm-hmm. hears a scream off the road, and he's like, Huzzah, adventure, I go! And he sees a farmer whipping, uh, like, a boy that works for him, just, like, tied to a tree. And he's like, Sir Knight, how dare you commit combat against someone tied thusly? Set him free for glorious honor! And... Uh, the little boy explains the situation. He's like, no, no, I'm a shepherd. I work for him, but I lose the sheep sometimes. So this guy's not paying me and he's going to whip me instead. <laughs> and, you know, Don Quixote explains like, sir, knight, this isn't chivalrous at all. You must pay all of his expenses. Even the times he got sick and even though he left his lambs right. lying around. That's oh, just damn. what a good knight would do. And, Agreed. Right. And the farmer is like, oh, yeah, totally. I swear to give him exactly what he deserves, recompense-wise. <laughs> and Don Quixote's like, great, now I'll, le- I'll see you. And the boy's <laughs> like, wait, he's definitely not going to do that. You should really make him. And Don Quixote's like, he swore. That's what knights do. It's cool. If he doesn't, I promise to murder him. It's fine. And off he goes. And, and to never return, probably. Right? Yeah. The farmer then explains, like, well, if I'm going to have to pay you everything I owe you, I'm going to run that debt up a bit first and just, like, whips him even harder. Oh. Right? At the end of this book, this boy does find Don Quixote, and it's like, oh, finally, you're going to address those wrongs, right? Like you said you would. And at that point, Don Quixote is like, sorry, I'm on another quest. I'm not allowed to take Damn. up this quest again. You're going to have to wait. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, I hope you never save anyone ever again. And he leaves. He's very sad and whipped. You you hate it when the quest log has a max capacity. That hurts. (laughs) Yeah. And it's part of the story because eventually his concerned neighbors have come after him trying to get him to come home. And they convince a woman they meet to like pretend to be a princess. 
and mm-hmm. give him a quest that'll be essentially him coming home to stop yeah. being a knight. And she's like, one of the conditions of my quest is you can't do any other quests while you're on it. Damn she's, smart. Yeah, Very she's really smart. got him figured out. Uh, uh, yeah. So when we're reading Don Quixote, the audience, are they supposed to like him and sympathize with him? Or is he like a hated main character? Like He's not hated. No, Just but it, like it does play with your, uh, like a lot of the discourse on him calls him a tragic hero because okay. of yeah. his like view of the world. And like, I see it. I see why that argument's there, but I have come fully around to the point where I'm like, nope, he's living his best life. He yeah. is always saying that he's like beset by wizards and they're changing the world around him. But he is using hmm. like basic chaos magic and like overriding what reality is with his ideas And because of the way the second book is made, where, like, people read his story and loved it, they want to join in, and they start (laughs) behaving the same way. Oh, that's funny. So, like, he's done it. He's changing the world to be this golden age that he was ostensibly trying to bring back. Interesting. Right? Like, because, oh, yeah, the whole adventure in the first one is pretty self-contained. And then in the second one, they have to redress all the wrongs that the false writer did. He's like, yeah, yeah, you apparently went to some other country and did really shitty in some uh, tournament. And Don Quixote is like, the fool. Now I deliberately will never go to that country so everyone knows that those are fake Don Quixote stories that no one should read. Wow. Uh, That's so, there's, this... Yeah, there's so much like venom directed at that other author. It's incredible. He's like, so well, much more layers than I expected yep. the, the story to have. All right. Um, there's more details to go into on any of these stories, and they're mostly hilarious, so I'll try to do more highlights. But uh, a general bit was going to be, oh, we didn't get into the poop potion as much. We could talk oh about how that goes. Because there's actually Please. two discrete pooping episodes. Good. Where, yeah. The, one, uh, the first one is like we're in full swing adventure, Don Quixote and Sancho, and it's nighttime, and they hear some scary noises. And Don Quixote is like, well, I fear nothing for my chivalric code demands adventure everywhere I go. And Sancho is like, I am so scared. Please do not go. And he secretly ties the legs of Rosinante to his mule. So it looks like Rosinante really doesn't want to go. And Don Quixote is like, all right, fine. I guess God decrees we'll wait until morning. And like Sancho is too scared to go anywhere, so he tries to like poop discreetly so he doesn't have to leave <laughs> and go out into the wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. It's That's wild. It is the incredible most, move. Like poop yeah. where? Just like discreetly over his pants at the side of their camp. <laughs> it's wild. It is you know, like there's really Mood. fun puke and poop humor. Pook and poop humor. Right, like this is the part of Shakespeare and like Roman plays that are like really to get the crowd going, I imagine. Yeah, and and like we forget that this has been funny forever. We, yeah, it's never not funny. Sancho's like quietly farting, and Don Quixote's like, Did you hear that? Was it wizards? (laughs) (laughs) And Sancho's like, It's probably wizards. Also, that smell, (laughs) also wizards. Making popcorn over there. (laughs) Yeah. And in the morning, it turns out they were just hearing uh, fulling hammers, I think they're called, which is just like hitting cloth, making it into better cloth. Oh, cool. Right. That's how they do that? Apparently, at this point in time. 
There were hammers involved in fabrics. <laughs> Neat. Right. Do you guys ever think about how, like, if society collapsed, like, how little we could do yes. for ourselves? Like, how do you make a fabric? Is it knitting, <laughs> but really small? Right, like, I've seen <laughs> peasants, like, whacking straw into each other until it, like, becomes something substantial. And it's I'd just so be good. doing that. Like, why aren't you in church yet? Oh, man. Uh, you oh, know what it makes me think of is probably my next movie club, uh, club pick for Reign of Fire, where society ends <laughs> because of dragons and Gerard Butler and uh, Christian Bale are, like, telling the stories of their people by, like, acting out Star Wars yeah. <laughs> for the little kids in the post-apocalyptic I, wasteland. It's great. I cannot believe Listen, that was a movie. It's actually it's a, a good movie. It's a dream. Yeah. Is this, it? This is not a bit. Oh. It's good. This is a called shot before we have revisited it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Okay. Time will tell. Go off. Uh, Dan, you were talking before on our break briefly, uh, the two friends. The two friends. Yes. Thank you. So after many misadventures, uh, the cast find themselves back at an inn. And it's the same inn that Don Quixote had declared uh, like a cursed castle. Oh, and mm-hmm. we'll have to stop here for a minute because the most traumatic event of Sancho's life happens to him here. Uh. Where, like, Don Quixote, after a nighttime of accidentally thinking a hunchbacked woman was trying to uh, have sex with him, is like, no, I love nice. Dulcinea too much. I could never love you. Uh, <laughs> he gets his ass beat. A priest comes in to be like, what's going on here? And Don Quixote's like, what's going on here, sir? I am a knight, you idiot. And the priest smashes his lamp over the head of Don Quixote and then is like, now it's dark and I have to come back after to investigate. I have to get another light. Wait right here. Wait, priests can do that? <laughs> yeah, these are uh, like the holy order, which are kind of like church cops. They refer okay. to him as an officer. Oh. Uh, yeah, later Sancho's like, hey, we should probably go to a church and explain when you keep beating the shit out of all these guys. Because it's like not okay to put hands on a priest. And uh, Don Quixote responds like, well, I didn't use my hands. I used my lance. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just keep going, terrorizing the landscape. Wow. He could really think his way out of any issue. Can't stop like, him. Yeah. <laughs> he will never be wrong. <laughs> it is the dangers of defying reality. Like we're seeing the scary fascist real life side of it. At least Don Quixote's heart is in the right place. Even yeah. though, oh my God, there's this amazing scene. Ah, I keep jumping all over the place. Sorry, at this inn, because he's like, well, it was your job to give me sucker as a knight. I am not going to pay. And he, like, leaves. <laughs> and Sancho, uh, they turn to Sancho and are like, okay, well, you're going to pay, right? You used a special potion and puked and pooped all over our beds. They are garbage. <laughs> and Sancho's like, nope, I'm a, a squire. We don't pay either. And, like, a gang of inn staff wrap him up in a blanket and throw him around. Like That's bouncing fun. him like a parachute. He never gets over it. He like, refer, like as they keep going, he's like, why are we even doing this? This life of constant struggle and pains and probably being blanketed. Like he turns it into a verb that is shorthand for the long suffering really of Sancho. I love it. It only happens to him once, right? Like it's not the a reoccurring. Only then. Yes. Okay. But he fears it till his dying day. It's uh, like George with the <laughs> Gore-Tex. It's powerful, right? Gore-Tex. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Right. So they come back to this inn eventually after the um 
neighbors that are just the barber and the priest of um, Don Quixote's town have been scheming to get him to come home and like not die out in the wilderness. No, they Uh, want their basin back. Oh, yeah. It's a different (laughs) barber, actually. They gaslight this barber real hard in a minute after they have read the story of the two friends because all the like conspirators that are like, wow, this man sure is crazy. But God, do we like these books of chivalric romance? And the innkeeper's like, oh, I've got a good one. You guys want to hear it? And then the narration just switches to a story within a story called The Two Friends. I have to interject now because I don't really have anything else to say. This is as good a time as any. All of this stuff, Mm -hmm. like the wolf pack is circling. The wolf pack is getting closer. So much Gene Wolf stuff is happening with this fucking book. Like (laughs) the... I've mentioned the wolf pack before. You dork. It's circling. (laughs) This is a strong and thriving online community. We're going to do a book of the new sun on this show, and at that moment, the wolf will strike and make you both read 800 incomprehensible pages. Uh, But just like the, the devotion to the frame device like the idea that the author himself is like listen i'm just translating this like semi-magical text that uh you know within every corner of this book that you are holding like this is reality and like i can only deliver the information that i have from the perspective of this artifact i found and then like uh just at multiple times especially in like the the last book of the new sun where like so much of the story is about storytelling itself from this like ultra devoted first person, hmm. like uh, unreliable narrator perspective that like at some point he's just like, totally. all right, storytelling competition. And then like, we just have three different <laughs> completely unrelated and isolated stories that reveal a lot uh, and certainly are within the themes of the actual author's work, but like within the frame narrative are like, you know, these like found gospels and parables that the character is putting into the fiction itself to like make a point. And yeah, I don't know. Okay. That's pretty genius. No, it's entirely this. This is, yeah, it is the culmination of all these stories that some are like the lived in parodies of chivalric romances and some are just chivalric romances in the fiction already. It's so compelling. Guys, you're making me want to read, and this is dangerous. <laughs> this is a nerd like, podcast now. I didn't come here to become a Dorcas McGorkus egghead, loving, yeah. bookie-book, reading nerd. I came here to learn about a dumb knight who is un- is not... Is dumb? Question so, mark? We'll never know. It's pooping. Yeah, That's like, he's pooping. Gene Wolfe is, like, an extremely erudite dude who, like, loves the canon and read his whole life like mm-hmm. Don Quixote and like, it sounds like Cervantes. Cervantes yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. like, uh, that, yeah, he, he definitely was, you know, uh, writing in that same sort of tradition of all these great authors that he names at various points, including Cervantes, but just like, yeah, eventually the similarities become striking and it kind of turns out that, like brilliant fucking authors steeped in the traditions of literature that like encompass most of human history have been doing this a long time. And it's like kind of the same, even if there's like an extra difficult layer of like the past to contend with, to get to an older one like this um, Mm. and older ones before that. Yeah. It is like jazz centuries in the making of everyone adding on and improvising and like borrowing from what came before. Yeah. 
I just love it so much. This juicy pancake of illusions on illusions that just like keeps getting more delectable yeah. as time goes on. Dude, it's amazing. Totally. Uh, wow. Oh, there are so many little things pinging that I'm like, this is relevant to this part of the story. And this is just like that moment. But I'll try <laughs> to be more concise. The, uh, okay, let's see. Yeah, before we get to this in at all, like halfway through the first book, uh, Don Quixote is in a fight and it's like the most graphically described, like blow for blow exchange with a mm-hmm. guy that he's like, you villain, you're some traveling knight that has kidnapped a lady. And it's just like a woman going somewhere in a carriage and her servant who like gets really annoyed with Don Quixote attacking people in his caravan. So he like everyone has a sword, I guess. So he pulls his sword, but for a shield, just grabs a pillow like a cushion (laughs) from the thing. And like that's the most intense clash we get between these guys. It talks about like the daring backstrokes and the offense of the Basque, the man that came in after Don Quixote. And then it stops and uh, Cervantes is like, and this is where my historical text ends in the <laughs> oh. middle of this awesome fight. Holy shit. And no. like chapter over. And, and he the, can just do that. Yeah. Cause why not? It's That's... rad. And it does, it starts again, like part two or sorry, like book two of part one of Don Quixote is like, okay. So I was really depressed and I found myself in a market and uh, like found a random pile of Arabic texts. And I paid a little idiot, like some grapes, to tell me what they said. And like the little boy takes uh, like one line out of it. And he's like, the lady Dulcinea was the best hand at salting pork in all of La Mancha. And he flips <laughs> out. He's like, Dulcinea, this is the Don Quixote story. Oh, yeah, yeah, translated. Oh, my God. And like part two starts as he says, like, I found and discovered the second part of Sid Hamet Benengeli's uh, history. He's the only man worthwhile, like translating this story. And then it continues from there. With awesome. how the fight ends. Oh, sick. Okay, yeah, they bring he's it back. Li- exactly. He's like, and this one random bunch of books I found happened to be this exact thing I was looking for that started the literal sentence after the first one ended. Crazy, huh? And it's also commentary on, like, the, like, what's the word for unbelievability of a thing? The, Synchronicity? Like, I don't <laughs> think that's it. that. <laughs> but the idea of... um like all these chivalric romances that Don Quixote has like convinced himself are literal historical documents. And Mm. it's uh, Cervantes poking fun at like, Oh yeah. Isn't this such an authentic book? Look how (laughs) storied it is. Look at all these sources I got. Oh my God. It's just like, like conspiracy people it's just so like good. taking random jpegs and being like this must be real because it, yeah because Look at all my sources yeah <laughs> and uh the book itself the intro we didn't touch on starts with cervantes being like wow i really wanted to tell the story of this cool night history i found but all good books have like quotes from the bible and latin and then Ooh. his like cool fucking friend in sunglasses kicks down the door and he's like, what are you worried about? You're like a cool author, right? Just fucking cut and paste, put in Proverbs here and there. And then if anyone's like uh, like a big nerd calls you on it, say like, look, bro, it's just an homage. <laughs> and like convinces him that like all art is putting on affairs or on airs kind of. And uh, like gives you permission to enjoy this as a plebeian. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Just look at this cool story we have. This text is too self-aware. It sounds. It feels like it's from the future. Like exactly. someone traveled back in time and gave him a book. 
<laughs> it's it's literally that. It's characters like in Dan Harmon's commercial realizing they're in a commercial <laughs> talking about the limits of their existence. I think that feeling speaks to like our unbelievable biases and prejudices and like that fucked up understanding of the linearity of history where we just like yeah. internalize that we're some like amazing brilliant civilization and that everyone in the past was like a fucking rube. Yeah, uh, basically scale. Yeah. Yeah. Animal. Yeah, like maybe there've been peaks and valleys in terms of human intelligence and, and innovation, or you know? may, Yeah, and I like, mean maybe in terms of like human understanding and like the levels of like pleasure you can get from sort of intellectual awareness and then like turning that on itself and like really just paying attention hmm. to your surroundings and thinking about them deeply. Like maybe we've been exactly the same. For, this is, it all right. comes back to the Library of Alexandria. Like maybe there would have been like Jeez. a Cervantes level book there that we just didn't get to. You know, it's completely like, possible that like all these other things that are equally hilarious and brilliant didn't survive. Yeah, because yeah, human brains have not changed that much in no. thousands of years, right? So like we're capable of the same things. I think. That's why you gotta eat paleo, damn. <laughs> why you gotta cut out all carbs? Eat a yam, you're dead. It's over. <laughs> exactly. As long as you grew that yam within a hundred feet of you, you'll be perfectly healthy. Uh, wow. I I'd love to ask you about the theme of like uh, reality based on like literature and like um the escapism. I guess. Sure. Would that, would yes. That be apt? Thank you. That is a good prompt because we didn't say like it starts with like learning about a man in an unnamed village, so anyone later can claim heritage of uh, Don Quixote. He says, like, all the cities of Greece claiming Homer came from there. <laughs> uh, this dude is like a fried-out old 50-something-year-old man yeah. who spends all day and night not, like, sleeping, eating, or resting, just reading books of chivalry until it rots his brain entirely, is the conceit. It's fascinating. It's like, he is... He's an otaku, I, I, or like an in, not is. an incel, but... Uh, Cable guy. Just He's the like, cable guy. Don Quixote! <laughs> I just... I, I'm fascinated by this being the beginning of this story. Like, what, what, what is he commenting on? What's Cervantes, like, trying to comment on at, in the I, current age? You ruined my brain, because is the cable guy literally Don Quixote? Because they go to medieval times. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, and he's constantly referencing outside media uh, while he does like it. It's like if if Sancho Panza had a girlfriend and Don Quixote was trying to fuck that woman. Uh, oh, we definitely have to talk here, just like Cervantes. We're gonna instant uh, like stick right here a story that is unrelated but important, and now we're gonna talk about the impertinent curiosity. This is the little book that all of the people are telling at the inn, or the story they're okay. sharing. And it's about two guys that are so close and such good friends that everyone in their town knows them as the two friends. That's that is, nice. Yeah, right. Really established. Think about Give what that would have to be for your reputation. They are Anselmo and Lothario. This is where Lothario comes from. Mm-hmm. Damn. And uh, it is essentially the story of cucks, cuckening, <laughs> the cuckening. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, what does what does Lothario mean again? So it used I'm, to mean like a was, yeah, oh, like a Don right, right, Juan right. would be the next character mm. we would associate with, and in this original inception or use of the name Lothario, 
he's not quite so like sleazy. He's pretty solid as a dude. Nice. But that's sort of like the trend that Lothario slips towards in later use. Okay. But I digress. This one man, Anselmo, is like, hey, Lothario, my best friend. I got married to a woman and she's great, but I didn't, I probably wouldn't have got married if I realized it meant that you and I can't hang out every day. Oh. <laughs> uh, you got to at least come for lunch every day, right? And he's like, yeah, bro, totally. We're best friends. The two <laughs> friends. And they high five. And eventually Anselmo's like, look, my wife Camilla is fantastic. She's great. But I have to test her virtue and faithfulness. I gotta. <laughs> and like, so what I'm going to need you to do is try and seduce my wife. And Lothario explains at length, like, I don't want to do that. I don't think it's a good idea. Camilla <laughs> seems like a great woman. And it's almost like, yeah, she's great. She's great. But I'm always going to have it in the back of my mind that maybe she would betray me if given the chance. So you have <laughs> oh to give God. her the chance. Sweet man. Yeah. Uh, and I love wow. it because Lothario's like, okay, I'm just going to tell him I'm doing it and not actually do it. Because that seems Smart. better for everyone involved. <laughs> And he just, like, sort of goes along, uh, you know, having these, like, set-up lunches with Camilla while Elsa Anselmo is like, I have to be away. I'm called away on business. Have fun without me. And, and he's, like, like, hiding in the closet. He like literally watching. eventually is, like, looking through a keyhole, which is, I think, <laughs> the first cuck move. <laughs> and, Super like, cuck. confronts Lothario. He's like, you weren't hitting on her at all. Look, man, <laughs> I need you to do this for me. We're the two friends, the best friends. And Lothario does. And eventually just legitimately falls in love with Camilla. Oh. And pooey. Camilla falls in love with him because her husband's being kind of weird, <laughs> leaving being all the time. Being a super weirdo. Creating <laughs> these yeah, instances where he, she has to hang out with, or with Lothario for days on end. This is... Yeah. Uh, and like, this to is some, forever. I think that dudes have been like desperately insecure and actually wanting people to fuck their wives but not being able to figure out that that's what they want for 10,000 years. <laughs> or, yeah, how to say it. It's yeah. like the secret cause of almost all of humanity's problems. I think it's possible. It all comes yeah. back to cucks. Uh, I also, this is a trend, uh, but for women it's different where like they they have groups of girls who will send messages to their boyfriends like pretending to be like a stranger girl like the, oh, no. it's a setup this is an established yeah. thing it's been going on a for fidelity centuries. test i think is the but term people use the, yeah the icky part is like i mean it's all icky but now they post like the entire interaction online and i eat it up with a spoon because that's my life vicarious uh, but, drama yeah i love the drama i love the drama but yeah uh this this will never end i guess no. people love doing it for some right. fucked up reason <laughs> and I want to wrap up the story because it deserves its own closure where mm -hmm. like uh, it's it feels like a Shakespearean like tragic comedy thing of characters finding each other through ridiculous circumstance. And like there's a servant that's also having an affair and that makes Lothario think that Camilla's cheating with someone other than himself. So he wants to catch Camilla in the plan and she convinces him, no, no, that's my servant having an affair. That's why that guy's sneaking out of my room all the time. But now my husband's suspicious for real. So I'll stab <laughs> myself and make it look like I'm really serious about being faithful to him. But she stabs herself in like an uh, uncritical shoulder part. <laughs> it looks very dramatic, but isn't that serious? Uh, wow. Yeah. That's hard as fuck. It She's is. <laughs> and, uh, exactly. And like there's, you know, um mis or like unfortunate miscommunications that make other people think they've been betrayed and whatnot real quick. So it ends with Lothario and Camilla like running away together 
and oh. Anselmo writing a note of like, this was all my fault. I am the like composer of my own doom. I carry no ill will to my good friend Lothario or my sweet, caring wife, Camilla. And then he dies, like pen in hand, story <laughs> over. <laughs> wow. It's great. Okay. I freaking love it. Why did they like that story so much? And like they, they go through it. Like we zoom out of that story and there's, you know, Don Quixote's neighbors and the people he's met on his travels. Who's like problems he's inadvertently solved. And they're like, well, I liked it because of the writing. And one guy's like, I don't think it's very realistic that a guy would, you know, <laughs> desperately try to cuck himself so hard. And they, you know, debate the merits of chivalric romances together. This is while Don Quixote is dreaming and murdering the giants and like right. ruining the innkeeper's wine. <laughs> it's great. And I was going to say earlier when we were talking about how uh, realities within realities in the story here, the first time Don Quixote comes home before he even sets out with Sancho, his, uh, he lives with his housekeeper and his niece and mm. the barber and priest were there asking after him. So they're all very worried about him. And they're like, we just got to get rid of his books. We'll burn his books. That'll show him. And they have this like really cute scene where they're like, is this one good to keep? And the priest like knows everything about every book. Like he is very clearly just as much of a fanboy as Don Quixote <laughs> is. And like as everyone is, we're sort of set to establish. Mm -hmm. And there's like even more meta levels where he's like, oh, this book. Uh, yeah, it's by some guy named Cervantes. And I'm waiting for a sequel. So we'll keep this. We'll keep this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like he's just literally in the book. That's really and, funny. Uh, yeah. And when Don Quixote wakes up and he's like, hey, I was looking for my books of chivalry. Do you know where they are? And his uh, niece and the housekeeper are like, a wizard took them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he came in on a dragon and destroyed all your books. And I think his name was like you the sage Marmon. And Don Quixote's like, Freston, my hated enemy. I know this <laughs> wizard. <laughs> and like Freston is the wizard from another like literal trashy Spanish um, uh, chivalric romance. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so these weren't like esteemed novels that they were reading. They were like seen as Harlequin romances. The, yeah. Harlequin like John Grisham legal Daniel dramas. Steele. Yeah. Like anything that you'd see like at an airport bookstore, okay. right? Like the broadest possible appeal. That doesn't mean that there weren't examples of very impressively crafted stuff <laughs> too. And the priest like, Holds a couple books back from the fire. He's like, this one's really, oh, this is the real one. We got to keep this. This is great. <laughs> this is my One Piece issue 374. It's actually <laughs> yeah. a really impressive piece of literature. Uh. And to keep jumping around, we had said that we'd jump back and discuss uh, Don Quixote's madness a little more in-depthly. Because we have a very different view of mental illness and it's also kind of ambiguous. Like mm. how crazy is crazy or how much is he like willfully delusional? <laughs> so what I'll do is I'll uh, say one of the other stories in part one is about like the, the tale or the adventure of the Sierra Morena, which sounds mm. way better than like Don Quixote's adventure in the Brown mountain. Says you. Oh, is it more poo? No, it's just a literal <laughs> mountain. And it's like, you know, a block away from where the inn was. <laughs> and okay. he's like, we've reached the edge of civilization. And they come across a literal madman. They like find it in like a real D&D &D kind of initiating incident where they're like, there's a mule dead on the ground with some gold coins and a diary. Mm. And they like piece together the story of a man that uh, went crazy for love, which is a very common theme. Hmm. 
And like after sort of engaging with this madman for a while and figuring out his backstory from some local shepherds, Don Quixote's like, he's got a good point. I'm going to be even like this crazy for the love of my lady Dulcinea. Sancho, stay here and watch me be crazy for a while so you can then go tell Dulcinea how crazy in love for her I am. So he's, he's like, like muttering and oh, pacing no. around. He's like doing flips and taking his pants off. And Sancho's like, I think it would be too much if you were to be naked. I don't probably need to see that. And Don Quixote's like, yeah, I'll see you a little. Here I go. Just here, <laughs> watch me helicopter and could you like describe <laughs> yeah. it for Exactly. A while? Right. And so he like sees a legitimate like crazy person and decides to imitate that further to like get his own madness on brand. And he's like <laughs> in between doing, you know, river stunts and jumping around cartwheeling like, um, Alistair Sims at the end of Christmas Carol. I shall stand he's up. He's like, yeah, exactly. He's like, am I more like, I think night? it's Alistair Sim, not like the oh. Sims. <laughs> he's not one of the Sims. He's not like shortened from Simpson, the son of the Sims. If you're that confident, I'll accept your version of reality, but I will demand satisfaction later. I just thought it was funny. I agree. Um, we were talking about the Sims. <laughs> Sim speech. Oh, we go what? Oh man, uh, I I I wouldn't mind hearing about the end of the story because I I was. The two pieces that I listened to was the BBC podcast on like Don Quixote, which made me mad with the pronunciation. But other yeah. than that, it's very interesting. And also uh, Thug History, I think. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Thug Notes Thug, thug notes. History on YouTube. Uh, he he yeah. does a really great job of explaining uh, in modern terms like what he was up to. And he said something like, like Don Quixote never dies. But um, in the end... Uh, the man is returned and rests for a while after his last beat up. Right. And then eventually wakes up as his old self, like is cured somehow. Oh yeah. Um, well here, let's, let's do it proper. Cause there's you, uh, more stuff we can get through. Like at one point, a Duke and Duchess, like literal, uh, like oh. rich people, like of the highest class meet Don Quixote. And they're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. This is Don Quixote from the story. Servant, go back to the castle. Tell everyone we're going to pretend to be kings and queens. We're, we're going to live in this world with them. Go, go. Oh. And they like <laughs> spend a week just mercilessly pranking Don Quixote and Sancho Panza, <laughs> um, including facilitating Sancho becoming the governor of an island for a week and uh, proving to Don Quixote how they can like disenchant Dulcinea, who he thinks has been transformed into an ugly person for his because uh, he has so many wizard enemies <laughs> does he like just look at her up close for the first time <laughs> oh so like how it actually goes down is uh they decide to like you know dedicate themselves to lady uh dulcinea to del toboso and they mm-hmm. go to a town and don quixote's like yeah i'm pretty sure she lives here we'll just like find a castle or whatever and sancho uh, at that point, has already lied about delivering the letter about how crazy Don Quixote went to Dulcinea. Like, he never met her or saw her. But it's like, yeah, I think she lived hereabouts, but um, it'd be really improper if we just show up at her house. So why don't we go into the woods? You love sleeping in the woods, just like those guys in your books. Am I right, Don Quixote? Ah, yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, I will go out and, like, announce your intention. We'll meet with her that way. It'll be great. And Don Quixote is like, Sancho, you faithful, excellent friend. I love you so much. You're so smart. I'll see you. I'm going to keep writing poems to Dulcinea. 
and Sancho just like goes a block away, like just out of uh, sight and sits and waits for like the first woman to come by. And there's three random peasants. And then he like runs back. He's like, Don Quixote, I've done it. Look, behold Dulcinea in all her glory. Oh, how angelic. Oh, how resplendent. And Don Quixote sees these like three, you know, haggard women. And he's like, oh, hmm. <laughs> and, and like Sancho's really leaning in. He's like, what's wrong? Don't you see her unparalleled beauty, her alabaster skin? And he's just like listing things. And Don Quixote's like, no, it's not that. It's that I've had so many, you know, wizard misadventures. I'm probably immune to enchantments now. So these dastardly dicks have enchanted Dulcinea and turned her to look like an ugly peasant whose breath stinks. I'm so sad. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Sancho's like, yes, crisis averted. I have, like, found a way to manipulate Don Quixote. And, like, they're friends, but, uh, you know, Sancho's a little more practical and realist about it. Yeah, so when, I mean, he's in it for the island. I exactly. know. Exactly. <laughs> right, which is hilarious, because, like, if you step back from him acknowledging how crazy Don Quixote is, like, how do you think he's actually going to get <laughs> an island to bequeath? It's wild. And then it's turned on its head again in the second book when they go to the court of this duke and duchess who are like, we definitely have an island to give you. Don't even worry about it. And uh, we know the way to break Dulcinea's curse. Yeah, Sancho, you... uh, Oh, actually, they find a devil who's like, you know, their butler in costume who says like, Mm -hmm. wait here, Don Quixote, for a message. And then another servant comes in and he's dressed as Merlin. And he's like, I am Merlin, the greatest wizard. And here is Dulcinea. And it's an actual pretty woman. He's like, I can show you her like this for one second. But if you want to actually restore her beauty forever, Sancho Panza must whip himself 3,300 times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Sancho's like, man, this enchantment's awful. Like forgetting that he invented the idea of her being enchanted at all. And like... For the rest of the book, Don Quixote keeps being like, hey, Sancho, how those whips going? You, you started whipping yourself yet? Dulcinea can't be ugly forever. And Sancho's, uh, you know, very reticent, does not like pain, does not like the idea no. of this. He's uh, like, yeah, I did like four or five hits um, and then stopped before bed, <laughs> knock out a couple more later. So and it's not like a full installment. He's not going for gold. <laughs> exactly. Go. He's making it's- a payment plan of whipping himself. Uh, and eventually he's like goes to hide behind some trees and is like, I don't want you to see me like this, master. I will go whip myself for Dulcinea. Don't you worry. And he just starts whipping the trees around him. Yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, oh. And Don Quixote's like, Sancho, no, don't go so hard. <laughs> she can wait another day. Stop wailing on yourself, my good, faithful friend. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> That's amazing. Right. They, yeah. Uh, Sancho has all these things like, man, I can't wait to be a governor, but man, is my wife ever not going to be a good governor's oh, wife. he's married? <laughs> and he's married. Oh, I didn't even say that. He leaves his wife and children to go be a squire, like sort of in the middle of the night. Does not Holy explain shit. his What's whereabouts. What's he doing before He's he trying to them. provide. Uh, he's like a donkey like man. a donkey man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or a goat herder specifically, I think. He like just has a very menial job in the same town as uh, Don Quixote. Okay. So he doesn't have that much to lose. But I no. guess his family could start starving and all that yeah. if this and is like three months. It's very cute. He has a wife who in the first book is named Joan and in the second book is named oh. Teresa and they just never discuss it. There's a couple <laughs> of weird continuity errors. 
uh, at one point Sancho loses a donkey, but then has the donkey in the next chapter. And like everyone pointed this out. So Cervantes in the second book is like, and a wizard did it and a printing error. <laughs> right? Like he's actively like he didn't have Twitter. So he puts all of his beef in the second book. And it's so fun to read. Yeah. That's he's amazing. J.K. Rowling. 17th century <laughs> J.K. Rowling. Not fair. I hate that comparison. No, I'm, it's vile. terrible because he wrote something but that yeah. is not an irredeemable piece of trash. But yeah. Don Quixote was on roller skates the entire time. <laughs> it didn't come up. I never said he wasn't. <laughs> exactly. Do you want to hear about Sancho's governorship? He has a few good moments where yeah, everyone is just punking him and he doesn't realize that he is on a prank show. And he's like, I was taken to a marvelous island. And Don Quixote's like, that's weird. I didn't think there were any islands in, like, within a day's ride of inland Spain. But okay, cool. And uh, like, he has like a tearful uh, departure from uh, Don Quixote, who's like imparting all this sage wisdom to him. It's like the Hamlet scene with uh, Polonius giving all the fatherly advice. It's very cute and full of, you know, proverbs that are part of what make Sancho so endearing. His whole family talks like that. And I didn't say yet his daughter is named like Sanchica. He's like Ooh. little Sancho. It's really yeah. pretty cute. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, he's given this governorship and he's basically like made to sit in judgment of a few different legal cases. And he has a doctor who's like, I'm from the land of Snatchaway. <laughs> And uh, like is constantly just taking food out of Sancho's hands and mouth, being like, that could be poisoned or like, I, that's not <laughs> nutritious. You're a governor. You got to start thinking about eating right and just like <laughs> keeps him hungry because that's hilarious. Sancho loves like, food. There are many different instances where Don Quixote is espousing on something and Sancho's like, tell me about it later. I'm going to go sit by the river and eat this pie. Yeah, dog. This is very cute. Yeah. Oh, um, river pie. <laughs> it's the best kind. Is that what people mean when they say they're RPing? Yeah. I'm it. having my river pie while you do whatever you're doing. Uh, I thought of one more quick story we could talk about, just like Cervantes' uh, feminist moments here and oh, there. Oh, do tell. Right? Because they're not all perfect and flawless in a modern lens, <laughs> but there is one story that I told, or I paraphrased to Tom quickly the other day about Christosimo the shepherd and Marcella the shepherdess, hmm. where... Uh, just some random dudes find Don Quixote and are like, oh, we're going to uh, my buddy's funeral tomorrow. He died for the love of a cruel and heartless woman. Uh. And they like read poetry of the man. He's like, please burn my poems after I die. And they're like, no, we're just going to read this one out. Just like share with the group for everyone. <laughs> and they're, you know, like really bad and artsy and like overly flowery. And, like, comparing himself to Greek epic heroes. Oh, for the love Uh-oh. of Marcella, I can't wait to exist in the arms of, you know, Medea or whoever in the underworld. He reaches for a couple things. <laughs> and, like, they have a tombstone made for him. It's very tragic. And then Marcella herself shows up and explains, like, hey, hey, this whole forest is lousy with shepherds because all you, like, rich idiots... Uh, see me once and then fall in love and like forsake your like gentleman lives and just write bad poems at me. I didn't <laughs> ask to be this beautiful. I'm surely not at fault. I never led anyone on or like laughed at his jokes when they weren't funny or mm. like did anything like that to convince you that I wanted you romantically. Please leave me alone. And like, 
to his credit, Don Quixote is like, yeah, I will straight up murder anyone that tries to defy her wishes and follow her. What a smart and intelligent woman. And like the shepherds are like, well, that might be true, but we already made this tombstone where we call her like a faithless succubus. So we're just going to we're just going to do that. And Don Quixote is like, wow, that sucks. I should follow that woman and make sure she doesn't need any more help. <laughs> and chases after her despite her wishes. But never finds her. So the story ends there. Well, that works out then. Yikes. Right. So it's like awareness of a lot more complicated themes showing how like people want a narrative that they've seen before and understand like within the genre. Like it's all <laughs> tied together with his view of like literature and its consumption and its perception mm-hmm. from everybody. So comprehensive. It's nice to know how Cervantes viewed simps and cucks all in yeah. one book. He lays it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could do more Sancho stories or we could transition to the end here. We're probably coming up on a spot where I think we've hit some really interesting stories. Like the benefit of Don Quixote is how they're what? 30 chapters in the first book. I think it's like 25 per part or something like that. Maybe it's, Oh, wow. 40. I'm crazy. It's like 40. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's like 40. It does seem very perfect as like a serialized work. Where like you just pick uh, an adventure out. Not that there's no continuity, but yeah, could have could have been a show. No, right? Like they they build some themes together. Like it gets funnier each time. Uh, Don Quixote is like, shut up with your proverbs. You just keep listing like twenty at once, and they don't mean anything. <laughs> and Sancho rhymes some more. Um, <laughs> yes, I was wrong. Fifty-one chapters in the first one. Ooh. That's wow. a lot of chapters. It is a long fucking story yeah you said around a thousand pages and like that's yeah, dense literature so incredible for a one-armed man who had been through so much right to create such an amazing compendium uh twice i guess so <laughs> we yeah, could dude. just easily go through like all of the stories and i think i'm gonna have to do some reading on this after because you've really sold me on it oh i'm so glad and yeah to reiterate there is a free version of the audiobook on audible i'd recommend it to everyone it is infinite entertainment because it's like almost 40 hours of content (laughs) but uh i didn't have too many quotes i wanted to read out because there's different translations and i found some i liked more than the written ones i have access to but we can talk about the end of the story because it's uh, it really changes the meaning yeah where, I, would, you know, I would love that. Awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it. Here I go. After being unhorsed by the Knight of the White Moon, which turned out to be his friend, the bachelor Sanson Carrasco, he <laughs> is forced to give up knight errantry for a year. And on the way home, he's like really sulky, but eventually gets excited about the idea of like, well, I guess we could be shepherds. Uh, <laughs> and like he comes up with an immediate backstory. He's like, well, I don't need like a lady love. I already have Dulcinea. But uh, Sancho, you could be like Sanchisimo, the shepherd, and you would serve this lady. And he just like exposes everyone's D&D characters for them in like shepherd role playing (laughs) that he's excited to get into. But gets depressed and falls ill. And uh, like the doctor's like, I think he's dying of a broken heart. (laughs) And everyone's like, is that a real thing? And the doctor's like, I don't know. And the footnotes, like, <laughs> doctors are really good at not telling you exactly what's going on. <laughs> so they can just be right in the end. So you get some doctor commentary. Wow. 
Right. And it, yeah, from here, um, Alonzo Quijana. That's the actual name of Don Quixote before he changed to become the Knight mm-hmm. of La Mancha. And he had lived a life where he had earned the suffix or like the title of the good. So he was Alonzo Quijana, the good. He's such a oh. like charming and sweet dude that everyone loved. And this is why all his neighbors Shit. were so invested in keeping him alive. Aww. And he says, friends, I have woken up from a dream. I am insane no more. And he talks about the evils of the chivalric romances. And uh, he gets explicit with a bit of stuff I see. Like, yeah, his friends are like, no, man, you did so good. We could travel, you did a thing. And he's like, don't talk down to me anymore. I'm sane again. I did it. I lived the whole life, and now I get to come out the other end, like, on top so of explicit. the real world. It ends with Cervantes being like, look, for anyone who doesn't get what the fuck was going on here, like. Yeah. Oh, the bookmark I have. <laughs> to like bring up this section says die mad Cervantes because <laughs> this is yeah. his whole deal <laughs> he's very uh, final <laughs> in making sure that no one else can yeah. like write an alternate ending he is mm. absolute in his conclusion um, I'm gonna read here or like and again I'm glossing over the parts because they take many pages to say like his friends are actively weeping Sancho's oh. like don't just die that's the stupidest thing someone could do is die when no one's killed them and people are like wow (laughs) real like chivalric romances never have knights die in their beds it's always you know uh, like tragic on a battlefield somewhere this Mm. really is like a real history huh and yeah it gets more explicit that way everyone's like so sad at the idea of losing the like imagination land that don quixote was putting out like out there for them to enjoy Wow. Um, yeah. So they miss him. They miss Don Quixote a little they bit. They do. And here's where this thing happens. Part two, chapter, oh my God, 64, if I'm reading the Roman numerals right. Oh, wow. The lamentations of Sancho, the niece and the housekeeper are omitted from this account, as are the fresh epitaphs that were placed upon his tomb, although Sanson Carrasco did have this one put there. This is a doughty knight's repose, so high and matchless courage rose. That as it's plain enough to see, he granted death no victory. Not even when in death's last throes, this world he didn't ever prize. He was a scarecrow in its eyes. And yet he was its bugbear too. He had the luck, with much ado, to live a madman, yet die wise. And the sage, Seed Hamet, said to his pen, Here you shall rest, hanging from this rack on length of brass, wire, quill of mine. Whether well-trimmed or not, I do not know. And here you shall live on for many centuries, unless presumptuous and knavish historians take you down to profane you. But before they touch you, you can warn them and tell them as best you can. Hands off, hands off, you paltry knaves. My noble king, let none attempt this enterprise. You know it's kept for me alone. Uh, and like, yeah, it ends the quotation there. For me alone was Don Quixote born and I for him. It was for him to act, for me to write. We two are as of one in spite of that false writer from Tordesillas who had, <laughs> as, had any may ever again uh, have the effrontery to write a coarse and clumsy ostrich quill about my valiant knight's deeds. This dude got under his skin so fucking bad. Yeah. Uh, one of the other podcasts I listened to about it uh, brought up the drill tweet 
Like, don't tell yes. the news I got mad. <laughs> I can't get that out of my head. This whole thing is like him being ousted on Twitter. I love it so much. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. And so ends Don Quixote and his wonderful adventure. Cervantes was light years A ahead of his time. Oh, wow. A yeah. real... Oh, and like there's so much more material to get into. Cannot recommend highly enough. Like even the Broadway musical. Yeah. I want to see the movie that yeah. Terry Gilliam finally actually made in I, 2018. Apparently, yeah, I, I remember seeing trailers for yeah. that like oh. five years ago, and then I looked it up like yesterday, and it did indeed come out a few years back. And everyone was like, "Eh, right." Exactly, because it's like about a man who is directing a commercial with Don Quixote in it and how he also had tried to make a Don Quixote movie previously and then starts living yeah. in the fantasy All the meta text of it seems like it would cast. be worth watching just for, oh. to figure that out alone. But in terms of, uh, you know, the nature yeah. of chivalric romances and the way they impact us today uh, and their tradition, I would say watch Terry Gilliam's Fisher King, a movie that yeah. I will not stop trying to get you guys to watch. Which is very much about Don Quixote as well as like Arthurian <laughs> tradition okay. and chivalric romances. Oh man, thank you, Dan. Thank I didn't expect uh, all of these themes and uh, anything from Don Quixote just because like I uh, haven't revisited the classics very much outside of like I didn't take uh, much English in college, which is my mistake because it's no. clearly worth it. This is what I wanted to say when Tom was talking about it, too, is that I would never have put this much effort in in university when you're like trying to learn for mm. a course just to pass. And yeah, like having this podcast is an excuse to go back and find things I'm actually interested in and really dive into it with no, uh, you know, product in mind other than talking to you guys about it. This <laughs> is such a gift. Yeah. I'm so happy. I won't deny that like while I do credit my university education with exposing me and directing me towards a lot of cool stuff and teaching me some cool stuff all the real totally. passion that i felt for a lot of history and a lot of literature came after through like just independent investigation and conversation so yeah, yeah. I, I feel you on that yeah no like learning how to learn is a total thing too like and i i do mm -hmm. think that it's a worthwhile experience to have a university uh you know time just to uh, yeah not to get into all of that uh I, I agree with you but just to say that like it's kind of funny how it's complicated. It's like it would yeah. have been convenient if I discovered this, if I acted on this passion more when I was actually in that environment. But oh well, totally. Alas, Dan, is there anything that like really stuck out to you when you were first reading Don Quixote, or anything that stays with you? That oh. um, like, uh, what's your what's your direct pull to this? Uh, oh yeah, like live the life you want to live, not the one that's real. Like, <laughs> I am so emboldened and encouraged by like regular mundane tasks with the right attitude can be, hmm. you know, as in depth and fantastical as you want them to be. And you it know, doesn't, it's a slippery slope to delusion, but mm. so is everything. Yeah. Am I right in understanding that a lot of the like critical conflict is over like the nature of his madness and like where that makes the theme sort of hang? Whether it's like, you know, follow your bliss and, you know, be the be your imagination or like get your head out of the clouds, you idiot. Like yeah. this guy is insane. This is what it's like to be. An He's definitely person. playing on that yeah. tension. And I think it's really nuanced. So there is a lot of ways you could interpret it. But yeah, I really yeah. like how many people are like 
making fun of and laughing at Don Quixote. And then as soon as he's gone or like out of their adventure, not even dead, they're just like, God, life's boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So he like, he kind of succeeds in bringing back the golden chivalric age that he had hmm. sought after. And it's inspiring to me. But again, we talked earlier about how he has that uh, critical reception as a tragic hero. Hmm. <laughs> I think like either yeah. way you look at it, it's pretty fair. It sounds like the more sophisticated take on theme, like just with from an inherent perspective of like a, a lean towards tragedy being like higher art. But like, I think you're, I mean, I haven't read it, but like, it does seem like a more sophisticated understanding. The idea that it's like both, it's not one or the other. Dude. And it's about this like complex tapestry of feeling and understanding. And it's a thing I know, like, from personal experience, to me, like, the biggest sign of intelligence or, like, of depth in a thing is to make it funny, because that relies on such a, like, in-depth, contextual understanding of a bunch of things. Like, I mm-hmm. I think that's such a, like, litmus test for if something's going to be excellent or not, is, like, I will take a, you know, something humorous over, like, the stuffiest classic that everyone's like, oh, but the pureness of its form. Like, we just find <laughs> out that, uh, like, when we went through the Odyssey... Uh, like the shit is inherently funny and there are good jokes in it. It doesn't have to be this elevated thing, like in an ivory tower. It can be profoundly good and entertaining. Yeah. The, the relationship of art and class privilege over the last several centuries or millennia, like is a troublesome thing. Uh, and Mm -hmm. obviously this is too complicated a subject to pin over any one stroke, but like, yeah, man, like art, it's fun. And like it can be it's chill. for the people. <laughs> yeah. And like it, the more accessible it is, the richer it grows, right? Like uh, yeah, it could be we fun. saw that post about like a you know random kid in um like public school having the idea that Odysseus and the Cyclops right. have so much more in common. And it's like I had not thought of that or had any professor like explain that connection specifically. Exactly. Like, getting more people into a story only makes it more rich. To make, explore. make college education free for the love of God. Yep. Please let people express these ideas in like a, a debate area. Because I feel like we'd be uh, solving a lot of issues really fast. In, in a <laughs> way, maybe that guy that Cervantes hated so much who did the unauthorized fanfic is the true hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let Cervantes hear you say that. He will no. use his one good hand to beat you to death. He hated that guy. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you for this uh, beautiful tour uh, through La Mancha. I don't know if it's a place or not. I think yep. it is. Uh, and uh, Don Quixote, Dan, I, I really needed this. This has opened my eyes a lot to uh, <laughs> how many references I've gotten completely wrong. And uh, <laughs> what, it, what uh, was possible and happening 400 years ago. Holy shit. I'm so stoked to have another thing that I could dive so deeply in. Like, this to me is my Dune Redemption episode (laughs) where there's just, like, so much to race through and content I wanted to get in and analyze but couldn't get away from. This book's even longer than Dune, and I think we had some pretty salient points. Yeah, damn, I didn't even think about it. There there was an encounter with two lions. Right? (laughs) Laser lions. Let me just get my cube shield up real quick. (laughs) no time. <laughs> the shield was a poop potion. That's the spice. I'm Sancho, yes, I'm Sancho. I'll follow my master dead.
than wizards and serpents of sin for your dastardly doings are past. Yes, I am Dan Quixote, knight errant, and my erring squire, Sercho Panza. And my faithful companion, Tom Sinante. He's a horse now. There's not very many characters. <laughs> Audio cut. You want to sing us out, Dan? Um, yes. Yes, I do. Oh, but the second verse is the, like the hardest lyrics in the world. So yeah. I'm going to do it. Hear me, heathens and wizards and serpents of sin, for your dastardly doings are past. Now a holy endeavor is about to begin, and virtue shall triumph at last. I am my Don Quixote, the Lord of La Mancha. I'm singing too much. You did it's a good so bit. good. Daniel! Daniel. <laughs> you get that in That's pretty good. Oh, nice. The oh. uh, the Sancho verse is very funny. I don't know if you guys heard the whole track, but it's just like a very old man being like, I'm Sancho. Yes, I'm Sancho. I think it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I did listen yeah. to that. I, I hated and, it. Yeah. I hated it. Yep. They captured his essence of being annoying and off-putting. <laughs>